0: In episode 69, we review current events in the Say What battle. We listen to several clips from J.D. Greer in the Amen battle. We dive into Christian nationalism in the main topic. Uh, Kenny's going to lead us again in another rousing game of Family Feud, which is Ryan's favorite. Jeremy's going to give a Schaefer Farms update, and Kenny closes us out with Fix Your Eyes. Six in the Mix, a band of brothers talking
1: faith. But we pray to a God uh, who has all power, uh, who is in sovereign control of all events. Fix your eyes,
0: fix
2: your thoughts on Jesus. Family. And my dad, I think, enjoyed that more than, than any of us put together. But every time we'd get around Thanksgiving, he, he would name all of, all of our friends, you know, by name. Mm-hmm. and uh it just it was that was a great that was a great time sports well so i'm gonna i'm
3: gonna go with the brett Favre pass and i'm gonna say that one is probably the most perplexing would have taken us to the super bowl right that was the nfc championship
0: that's correct yeah
3: so yeah, yeah just like the, the falcons gary anderson this it's just unfortunate
4: in politics i was supremely disappointed
0: with the supreme
4: court's decision to healthcare. join us on our journey
0: Again, we welcome you to episode 69 of Six in the Mix. Again, we'd love to have you drop comments, topic suggestions on the Facebook page, Six in the Mix podcast, and find our videos on Facebook and Rumble. And we really do encourage you to uh, watch the video. Uh, Sometimes I'll listen back to the audio I, and some of the say what name and battles like the titles, there's no audio to so they're just hearing like a drum roll and they kind of got to figure out what's going on. So if you're able to watch the video, it would enhance it a little bit. And, uh, you know, you get to see our goofball faces, but uh, some of the you know, some of the videos certainly are. A little bit easier to follow if you can have that visual with you. But again, however you join us, we're grateful that you're there. Uh, hopefully, it's an, an encouragement in your walk with Christ, and hopefully, it uh, brings some laughter and a little bit of perspective on uh, topics from a Christian worldview. So, all right, boys, let's get into it. We've got uh, we've got a, a nice say what battle. So we we kind of let uh, Kamala off the uh, off the hook last time, but she's going to open and she's going to close our say what battle. And, um, guys, it is, it's Don's like, like, it's gotta be his favorite week of the year outside of maybe baseball opening day or something like that is the world economic forum guys. It just, it just happened in Davos, (laughs) Switzerland. And guys, we've got, we've got, believe it or not, we have got representation from the world economic forum in the say what battle, which shouldn't be a surprise. but What might surprise you is we have don's favorite guy klaus schwab making an appearance in the amen battle (laughs) oh oh, i might get turned off don might turn me (laughs) off so stay tuned for the amen baby yeah (laughs) Uh, i gotta put that little teaser out there but uh let's uh let's start off with the uh say what battle episode 69
5: what
6: I see our college students at <laughs> and let me just tell you, I love Gen Z. I don't know if something you know, I love Gen Z. <laughs> so, okay, for the older adults, this is going to be a humbling thing I'm about to share with you. If someone is 18 years old today, they were born in 2005.
5: <laughs>
6: oh yeah, check that out. Think about that for a minute. <laughs> Someone is 18 years old today. They were born in 2005.
1: Think about that for
6: a minute. Today, I'm directing the Director of Division of Homeland Security and Emergency Services to develop media literacy tools for K through 12 in our public schools. This will teach students and even teachers to help understand how to spot conspiracy theories and misinformation, disinformation, and online hate. Start talking about what we're seeing out there. Give the teachers the tools they need to help these conversations in school. And by teaching younger New Yorkers about how to discern between digital fact and digital fiction, we can better inoculate them we can better inoculate them
5: We can better inoculate them
6: from hatred and the spread of it and help prepare them for a very fast-moving and often confusing world.
2: It's wrong because everybody
7: has the
8: right to live and be happy without being told. No, no, boy.
7: You really must leave it to us and be cheerful about it.
9: <laughs> yeah, thanks. I'm going to ask you about electric vehicles. Um, so Ford today says that in 2023, 20, uh, last year, their EV sales accounted for 3.6% of their overall sales. GM so, says that it only sold half of what their target was for EV sales. Any consideration to moving some of those EV, EV mandates back and let the technology and market preference catch up?
6: So Ed, I'll, I'll say to you that we have seen f- 51% of an increase in EV sales. 51%, that's the numbers, and that's across the board. Uh, I, I, you know, that's that's the data that we have, that we have seen. I'm sure you've seen that number as well. And so I think that's, that's pretty important. As we talk about climate change, clean energy, that's important that we're seeing such a boost in, in electric vehicles.
9: But when you look at the actual numbers, like GM sold 2.6 million cars and trucks in 2023, 76,000 of those were EVs. Ford sold 2 million cars and trucks, 73,000 were EVs. So clearly about 96% of the consumer is saying that they don't want electric vehicles. So why not?
6: We saw a 51% increase in electric vehicles. That's what we've seen, and that's important to note.
10: I am so sorry, but you're so stupid. You have no idea. Also, don't.
9: This is a state that is over-represent- overrepresented by white Christians that are going to participate in these tonight. caucuses, yes. especially tonight. Um, I today, earlier today, reached out to Robert Jones, Robbie Jones, um, from the Public Religion Research Institute, knowing that we were going to talk about Iowa. And this is a hyper evangelical st- white state. And he said the following to me. Iowa is about 61% white Christian. The country as a whole is approximately 41% white Christian. And in Iowa, we're talking about evangelical white Christians. And he said the following. Because I asked him, what do they get out of supporting Donald Trump? Because he keeps losing, he keeps delivering losses and losses and losses.
4: A few moments later.
6: To Principal Oaks and Mrs. Jordan for your dedication to the students here at Hunter High. Give me just half a second. What the. F-
9: Meanwhile.
4: I want my winner,
10: I want my winner. No, I want why. Why should I?
5: You can't be serious,
3: man. You cannot be serious.
6: And what are you going to do to stop the crazies? I am scared as heck. (laughs) Yeah. Which is why I'm traveling our country. You know, there's an old saying that there are only two ways to run for office. Either without an opponent or scared. So on all of those points, yes, we should all be scared. I am scared as heck.
0: you take drugs or alcohol what is drugs all righty <laughs> say what 69 what say you
7: hey matt that um that economic forum clip was that i mean is, that's really happened whatever 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 that was that really happened uh that would be a witch
0: yes that was yes
7: okay well i'm i'm not gonna well i get i'll start here but i'm I'm actually not going to talk about that one because that was just, just just too weird, but the New York governor, the, yeah, the New York governor um, was, that was the New York governor, right?
0: Okay. Yeah. Okay.
7: So (laughs) I mean, teaching these kids how to spot conspiracy theories. The funny thing is, is I I wrote down on my paper, I go, I wrote down indoctrination is starting to fail. And as soon as I wrote that down, the next word out of her mouth was, mouth was, we are going to indoctrinate these kids, basically. So <laughs> I just thought, it's it's exactly what I was like, yeah, it's starting to fail. So now they have to teach them how to spot a conspiracy theory and crazies and all this. So that, to me, won the battle. And I'll leave it at that.
4: Hmm. Now, did she say inoculate?
0: She, she said, said inoculate. inoculate. Yeah, inoculate.
4: Oh, she'd
7: inoculate. Okay, got it. But it I'm just as, it's, it's just
5: built,
0: as bad. Yeah, it's a synonym.
2: It's the, yeah. it's the same thing. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah inoculate. We're going to protect you from anything we don't want you to know or think about. In other words, we're going to indoctrinate you. We're going to immunize you
5: yeah.
0: from wrong... <laughs> Now, Ryan, Ryan, did you kind of get like a little happy pill when inoculate was was mentioned or and say what? Like, hey, wait, that's not say what? Should that have been an amen battle? Right.
4: It's like that Lucifer and just glow just kicked in. I felt it. It was like, yeah, did you this, guys notice it? All of a it's sudden, like a the, surge. Yeah, all of a sudden he had like like this right. glow start to rise up to the top yeah. of his bald head. And he was like, <laughs> I
5: was like, so true, I'll, you,
2: like, I'll Ryan, I'll save you. I'll jump in. All right. So <laughs> KJP has no clue what she's talking about. 51%. <laughs> we have seen 51%. 51% people. I mean, she's pulling that from where, like, where do they get their numbers? This, this guy who was the reporter was like, we actually went and got the data from these car companies, major car companies, it is public data and we're just pulling their numbers so i wish you would have asked where did you get your numbers yeah where but, did you get the 51% like what 51% like what car dealer or you know car maker is doing that uh right.
0: tesla <laughs> but jeremy she she could have been right cuz if you if, if they only made like 70,000 maybe the year before they only sold 35,000 or 34,800 so you get the 51% Still yeah, it still doesn't, doesn't come anywhere bottom. near like 51% right. increase in- of of 7 cars well great you sold 15 the
2: next year it's it's nothing it's a it's a 4% you're an All idiot right. the reason i yeah the reason i have the, this be in my bonnet is because amber <laughs> and i went to get fuel after this blizzard that hit our area last week we are sitting in the quick trip parking lot and in the Quick Trip parking lot, right across from the fueling stations, is a charging station. And that charging station is where they pushed all the snow. <laughs> <laughs> all of it. Did you get a picture? picture. A, did you yes, a, we took a picture. I'm like, Amen. I'm like, this Amen. is exactly what we're talking about. Can you even... <laughs> I mean, it's not... It makes no sense yep. at all. It was it was classic. Braceless. I'm like, look at that. Look at that. And she's looking at the pile. She's like, okay, what are you talking about? I'm like, look beyond that. Do you see what that is? And you could just see like the little top of, it's a charge snow.
5: <laughs>
4: <laughs> so Unbelievable. good. Uh, hmm. Man. Jeremy it's not a lie if you
0: believe it yeah (laughs) that charging station has seen a 51 percent increase over 2022 in usage yeah
2: 51 percent oh yes. Yes. that's the
0: numbers they're getting hey that's the numbers they're getting you
2: know
4: and
0: she said that's the same numbers that you're seeing too right (laughs) he's like no No. not even close (laughs)
4: that's what i love it doesn't I,
0: matter it doesn't matter if what they say is true or false it doesn't matter they just keep saying yeah. it and they tell you yeah. that you you're you believe it
4: too Like yeah, yeah it's
0: they're not it's lying incredible. they believe the
4: lie so they're gonna put it yeah I, I i love that one too because you know the exact numbers they're getting are just some fabrication that they is numbers that they are required to hear and so they're just gonna go right. with it <laughs> that's exactly right exactly right oh man yeah i had to go with that one too i thought that was just hilarious i was just like oh my word you know i get i rented uh uh lily and i rented a tesla when we were out in colorado and uh it was um just under you know it was like 30 it was a crisp you know 30 degree morning in colorado like they have uh and this was back in in the fall yeah in the fall and uh um, boy, that thing, lots of the, lots of the things in the car, we had to get up early to go somewhere and lots of the things in the car were not able to function yet because they weren't warmed up yet. They couldn't, they couldn't function, you know? So, and I swear to you, I could, my, you know, my range on my vehicle, cause I had just charged it the night before because I knew we were on a long road trip we were going to go you know, you'd know, be traveling most of the day and I knew that I had to have that thing fully charged but I yeah I only had a, a I barely made it coming back to be done with by charge but I had like a range of like 280 or 290 miles and I was lucky if I got you know 240 miles at the most out of that charge and that was because it was cold and that was all this stuff so I mean what I was hearing, especially during this cold spell online and stuff like that, that people are just getting fed up with these these uh, these uh, electric vehicles because they don't they they can't function well in cold cold weather.
2: Look look at look at what Hertz and all those all those vehicle rental vehicle places they're selling their fleets, they're selling them because people don't want them. They can't rent them. Because they've got those problems and they're just like, people don't, people don't want them. We're just getting rid of them. So if that's not the actual commentary, I mean, clearly they're not, they don't have their, you know, ear to the real ground. They, they, they're, they're choosing, you know, the pieces of information they want to hear and, and, you know, they promote that. So anyway, it's, it's crazy.
3: Aren't those going to be mandated, though, by
2: 2030?
3: Oh. Isn't, isn't that something being forced down our throats and we don't that's have a what, choice?
0: Yes, that's what the reporter was saying. He said, based on these, you know, pusillaneous numbers of EV sales, are you going to scale back the requirements and expectations and mandates that you have in place? And she's like, nope. you know, off on Mars.
4: What do you mean? We got our numbers. They're they're looking great. Yeah. We're at 51%. Come on. Yeah. yeah.
0: Just just like our poll numbers. They're great. <laughs> they're really good. Okay.
4: Oh, uh,
3: yeah, it's crazy. I'm going to I'm going to go with the uh witch because I I didn't know what that was. You had to tell me what that was. I was concerned with what I was seeing. I, at first I thought it was an, maybe a a native person uh doing mm-hmm. some type of um ritual, but Yeah. The ritual I thought it was, I actually Googled it while you were showing that. I'm like, no, that's not the ritual I was thinking it was. So when you said which, I'm like, oh, no wonder why that wasn't what I thought it was. So because I had no clue what was going on and I'm really disturbed by that happening at the WEF, like Don is concerned with everything that happens at the (laughs) WEF. I'll I'll go with that one.
0: solid i uh I'm, I'm gonna go with uh Jill biden just because ju- just the irony of that you know like at hunter high like that was it, so it, funny it, it was just it's just price like they just don't think about anything it's just unbelievable and they probably like oh that's going be so great you know we're at this high school it, you, <laughs> know, you couldn't go to like north high school or south But you had to pick hunter <laughs> high north, what, north what north how north. stupid are you <laughs> this, people
5: did you do that on be purpose
2: be- yeah like, the
0: memes that went purpose. out from that
5: immediately
2: yeah. were just so <laughs> prolific and hilarious oh my word they're just trolling us let's be honest
0: yeah exactly <laughs> they, they know what's true they they know what they Amen. gotta pedal so
7: all right yeah hey, yeah. Hey, yeah real quick i try, i gotta give a quick shout out to kamala though i mean that okay that first clip real quick like she is she just drunk when she talks to these kids i mean it's just, I mean, she's laughing like she's dr- like completely drunk. So, I, I mean, we got to give a shout out to that. I mean, the, the bad math and just the, <laughs> you know, it's literally, it's, that's all you, that's all you hear. It's unbelievable. It's like, and that's our, whatever, second in command, whatever you want it, whatever you call mm-hmm. that person. Yep. Anyways, Yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah, no, no, it's, it's, uh, yeah, Sad. it's probably like one, one part cocaine, one part opioids and one part methamphetamines. That's and i think that's probably the daily dosage by the doctor and that's what she takes because she doesn't ask any questions and do anything so outside of cackle and do math yeah
4: sounds like a party to me she's invited over anytime
0: yeah right (laughs)
4: She. Let's do it it at Hunter High. (laughs) She is hilarious. Yeah. Oh man, I'm gonna miss miss her.
0: Yeah, that's yes, yes. She she will be missed in the say what battle, hopefully sooner rather than later. So all right, we're gonna transition to uh to the amen battle. I don't know if you guys uh know JD Greer a whole lot. Uh he's he's on the radio, I think uh part of the Southern Baptist Convention um a little maybe a little bit more uh i would say maybe open to some of the the more liberal stances i would say i don't think he would fall under the most conservative uh southern baptist but i've i've enjoyed listening to him on the radio from time to time and so i thought i'd i thought i'd feature him um and then like i said we've got a we've got a world economic forum in the amen battle which uh again might might get me uh might get me fired from the podcast but uh Without further ado, Amen. Episode sixty nine.
9: When I walked up and sat down for this interview, um, I did not, you know, look at this chair and say chair thou art a lovely chair, and I want you to be my personal chair. Uh, I could have said that. The chair might have been grateful, but what I did is I just sat down. And so doing, I actually made a calculation. The chair could hold me up because it would have been embarrassing if it, uh, you know, crumbled underneath it. And I I transferred my weight from my feet onto this chair. Um, So you ask me now, how do you know you're sitting down in that chair? Now, I could be like, well, I remember making the decision actually don't. so that's that's where a lot of people get hung up on assurance. But what I could say is, well, I know I made the decision to sit on the chair because of the posture that I'm in right now, assurance is based not on a past memory. It's based on a present posture. Baby, baby, baby. Now listen along with many other scholars. I find the most compelling explanation for how Christianity got started is the one that the apostles themselves gave. Jesus actually rose from the dead. Now, if you want more about that and you're like, I'm not satisfied with that, check this book out. I mean, follow some of the sources in it. But here's the point for this morning. If Jesus actually rose from the dead, then see, I can trust what he says about other things that I have questions about. So I will say it again. I am not a Christian because I can answer every question about evolution or the origins of the earth. I'm not a Christian because I can explain everything God is doing in the world or why he does certain things or doesn't do certain things. There's a lot of things that I will say, I just don't know. I am a Christian because Jesus rose from the dead. And so I will accept what I cannot understand based on what I can understand. Lejos de ser la causa de nuestros problemas, el capitalismo de libre empresa como sistema económico es la única herramienta que tenemos para terminar con el hambre, la pobreza y la indigencia a lo largo y a lo ancho del todo el planeta. La evidencia empírica es incuestionable. Por eso, como no cabe duda de que el capitalismo de libre mercado es superior en términos productivos, la doxa de izquierda ha atacado al capitalismo por sus cuestiones de moralidad, por ser, según ellos... Dicen sus detractores que es injusto. Dicen que el capitalismo es malo porque es individualista y que el colectivismo es bueno porque es altruista, con la ajena. Y en consecuencia bregan por la justicia social. Muchísimas gracias y ¡viva la libertad, carajo! is the gospel. You can just say good news if you want to. If you want to expand on it, that'd be all right, too. It does mean good news. Greek generals would use the word gospel to announce a victory, and they would send out a a gospel proclamation to the nation that says, you know, I have won a battle. That wasn't an invitation for you to come and fight for them. It was just an announcement that they had won a battle on your behalf. Jesus picked up on that word and said, that's essentially what God is doing for you. Is God has won a battle on your behalf, and He's not inviting you to come and wage the battle for Him as if it's not already finished. He's inviting you to live in the new reality of what He has accomplished for you um, by dying for your sin on the cross and then by overcoming death by rising again. Baby, baby, baby. I grew up in a church where um, the gospel was preached and uh, invitations were given. You know, people walked the aisle. Uh, The gospel about how to be saved was very, very clear. But for us, the gospel was always, it was like the entry right into Christianity, the ABCs. It was, you know, sort of a ritual you went through, a prayer that you prayed. And then after that, spiritual growth meant. You know, I mean, just learning other stuff about the Christian life. Always had something to do with eschatology, learning the charts and, you know, yeah. about what beasts represent and what things. But it, it was later in life that I came to understand that the gospel is not just the diving board off of which we jump into the pool of Christianity. The gospel is the pool itself. Tim Keller, the late Tim Keller, used yeah. to say it's not the ABCs, it's the A through Z. That the way that we grow as Christians is not by going beyond the gospel, but by going deeper into it. Amen, amen,
0: amen what do you guys think? Amen. 69.
2: I, I liked, uh, I liked the first segment where he was talking about the posture. Um, and, mm-hmm. and just the idea that, you know, cause, because, and that rings true with me. Cause I, I, I remember the time that I accepted Christ, but I don't, I don't know that I didn't believe that before. It was just that I recognized that that's what I was doing. And so it was, it was apparent to me that, that, I had made that choice. And I think in generations before us and I'm not I'm not discounting people who know the date and time they got saved and asked Christ to come into their lives. I'm I'm not saying that's a that's a wrong thing at all. In fact, that's a glorious thing. But um I also think that there are some that God works for years and years and years in in a life and you realize that oh God has moved his spirit has moved in me and I I do recognize Jesus as savior, and then to proclaim that and realize that that's the case. I I appreciated that thought.
7: First off, is that World Economic Forum guy? And I I don't, I don't follow it enough to know these names, but I'm surprised—is he still alive? Like Klaus
0: Klaus Schwab was in that that cut of Javier Malay, because I wouldn't—it
7: wouldn't surprise me if that guy ends up with a you know suicide to the back of his head. i mean seriously i'm being i'm being serious it's sad but i'm right, but I'm right. um because that's pretty impressive that actually is pretty impressive if he actually is trying to do that and um you know in that form but um, i will say you know the second clip i think where um you know he's just talking about i'm a christian because i believe he rose again obviously you know i believe in the plan of salvation and so that therefore he accepts what he doesn't understand because he can't understand it i thought that was a pretty cool clip as well and i mean i don't have much to expound on it i think again the clips themselves say <laughs> say what need to be said And it's it's uh the way he the way he does uh symbolization and, and word pictures is uh that's pretty impressive
4: so yeah i like to yeah i think it's safe to say that uh president javier won't be uh invited back to the uh World Economic Forum anytime soon. <laughs> that, was, that was that was fantastic. I was a little when I saw he was speaking. I was like, "What? What is that guy doing there?" And then when I when I after I heard had a how to listen to what he had to say, I was like, "Okay, that makes sense." <laughs> Good on that guy for just blowing that, that up and supporting capitalism. That was fantastic. Uh, but um, what uh, boy the the last thing JD Greer had to say that last clip. Um, I think it struck me and I can't, I don't know if you guys wrote that, uh, what he exactly said about the gospel going deeper into the gospel, because, um, I think, you know, for me in my journey, I think, uh, especially having, um, you know, being raised in a Christian home, blah, 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 you know, uh, it, you know, it, I wasted so much time not getting into, um, you know, the, the, uh, what the Bible had to say about certain things, what the Bible had to say about you know the, the, the prophecies and things like that, and 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 the more I look into that stuff, the more I see the gospel written all over that that the prophecies and the end time things and and uh, understanding those things, the more I see the gospel just so clearly laid out. In those teachings, in those, you know, in with, in the book of Daniel, in Revelation, it's just absolutely stunning to me how, how you know, it was just how it seemed to just be glossed over in my mind growing up and things like that, and and so that was something that I really uh, uh, connected with.
3: Yeah, I'll uh, just say I, from a spiritual point of view, I, I think my favorite Greer quote was the first one that Jeremy mentioned, the posture. I, I really appreciated that as well. Um, but I, I'm a fan of when people uh, go into enemy territory and speak boldly. And that's what Javier Malay did uh, at the World Economic Forum. So I think I'll give him the the tip of the hat from my point of view tonight. So uh, well done. W- way to Way to spread truth in a hostile environment.
0: Yeah, I think that's a, that's a first for us. in the amen or say what that we had a different language other than the English spoken. So I'm glad they they had some of the captions in there. But I, I thought it was also cool that he he just took a just took a regular flight. <laughs> Here's the president. There's I take love a, that. He'll take a Delta flight over to Davos. <laughs> Everybody else, John John Kerry in his private plane with eight billion cubic cubic meters of like carbon dioxide or. All the carbon footprint, and he's he's just flying Delta over there. It's pretty awesome.
4: Well, John Kerry, he's not John Kerry's not flying. his private. It's his wife's private plane. He doesn't. <laughs> oh, that's right. does own right. a private plane himself. Okay, yeah, that's right. And,
0: <laughs> yeah, and there's there's something too. Uh, uh, the, I guess Taylor Swift has got like the biggest plane of all time and stuff like that. But you know, her thing was, well, I'm sell I'm buying carbon credits so oh, i can i can do insane. all the crazy stuff that we can't do because we're normal people but she's got the carbon credit offsets so then yes. she can go pollute the world which is That's... which is just a, it's just a what a what a racket what an absolute
2: how riot. do you buy carbon credit
0: I, you can our company, you... our company does the same thing yeah. too because we can't achieve the crap we serious? say we're going to achieve mm-hmm. yes and then yeah. by paying money we then then we say well Yes, then we say we've achieved what we set out to do, but we didn't really do it. We just paid somebody mm-hmm. money.
4: Yeah. It, it improves the ESG score in, in, in immensely if you can. Uh, so you're at fifty one percent, Matt. You're fifty one percent. I'm probably
0: this at ninety one percent to be honest is, with you. This is terrific. Write a check. I, and you tell me what number
2: you're at. Yeah, it's. Oh crazy. my goodness. Mm-hmm. Oh man. Yeah. Schaefer Farms has to start buying credits. I, this is. Uh, well, I, I don't mean, know, Shave. You
4: could be selling credits. What are you talking about? You yeah, could be really selling credits. Maybe I could. You totally could. Maybe I could. You totally could. Oh
2: man. We got to Taylor Swift's gonna call out. you up
4: and say, hey, hey Shafe, I need some carbon credits. Kidding, I, I need
2: your help with the marketing <laughs> on this. We gotta we gotta build a business plan for this. We should be able to get some cash. Six in the mix is about to go. I mean, we're about to go huge. If that's the case, we're going huge. All that's my it. money there is going right into this pod.
0: That's it. Yep, I'll I'll uh I'll send a I'll send a note to Greta Thunberg and hopefully she can give us a little pitch and get us going. So Greta, good leader. <laughs> oh, 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 well, I' not so sure. Leader
3: of a that. movement, doesn't she?
0: Well, that's yeah. She's certainly doing a voice part two A voice. <laughs> <laughs> Holy cow! I got fodder for say what battle episode seventy just. <laughs> from your commentary but yeah all right well we'll uh we'll turn it over to uh to ryan to uh to help tee up the main topic
3: all right thanks matt so this week we're going to discuss christian nationalism so christian nationalism is a newer term uh, that has arisen over the last three to four years It can be defined in many ways by many different folks. We thought, at least with this group, it might be a good exercise for us to take a deeper dive into it for ourselves and try to unpack the topic further, and hopefully that would enlighten us more. I think it's all pretty new to us, and as we have this conversation, we hope it helps you, the listener, out as well. Uh, if if you've not checked into this topic of Christian nationalism. So I think each one of us will weigh in a little bit on this topic. Um, I'm kind of introducing the topic and I'll close out at the end with a biblical worldview as it relates to this topic. But I think to begin with, Matt's going to uh, maybe kind of lay the groundwork and share some definitions with us. So matt, what what, what can you share about definitions?
0: yeah. so, so, what I'm going to do is share just some definitions from from my study of it, but I also found uh, kind of a voice on either side of the Christian nationalism debate. And so we'll watch just a short video, kind of kind of sharing their perspective, uh, either for or against. And I think it'll be helpful as we kind of shape the conversation cuz this is a relatively new thing this is not like does goes back to the 1800s 1900s no this we're talking the last several years this this uh this term has been coined and It's kind of a negative connotation. It's not like the people who champion this embrace that. That's kind of what the the term they were given for people who oppose it. But uh, let's jump into some definitions. So uh, a basic definition of Christian nationalism uh, is the belief that the United States of America was founded as a distinctly Christian nation and therefore must remain distinctly Christian. It believes that the government should pass laws that expand and support Christianity. Christian nationalism is inextricably linked to the belief that the origin of the US, USA is distinctly Christian in nature. So therefore, the church's main goal is to support and promote the Christian government. In other words, the church's main goal is political. Stephen Wolfe makes the case for Christian nationalism in this video.
8: The term Christian nationalism has been thrown around a lot lately, most of the time as a way to dismiss or mock anyone who wants to engage in politics as a Christian. But those of us who look to the broad Christian tradition should seize the term for ourselves. We are indeed Christian nationalists. The nation is not a mere collection of people, but a people united around a set of shared loves. Some of these loves are universal in all nations, such as the love of family and home, Other loves are more particular to each nation, such as shared culture, language, and national struggles and achievements. Together, these loves form a nation's way of life, generating a love for the place in which you and your ancestors conducted that way of life. Johann Herder once said that everyone loves his country, his manners, his language, his wife, his children, not because they are the best in the world, but because they are absolutely his own, and he loves himself and his own labors in them. Now when we hear the term nationalism, many of us think of fascism or militarism, and there's a history of that in the world for sure. But it's better to think of the ism of nationalism as referring to the nation acting as a people for their national good. A Christian nation is a nation that is self-consciously Christian, and on that account seeks the nation's complete good, earthly and heavenly goods, for themselves and for their posterity. Now the two ways that a people order themselves is through civil law and social customs. Civil laws, when just, are ordinances of God binding our conscience. Why? Because just laws are rooted in God's moral law. God's law is tailored for our good and happiness. Our highest happiness is found in eternal life. And so civil law ought to order us to the things of eternal life, word and sacrament. Civil law cannot compel belief in the gospel nor that one worships God in heart, but it can create the best outward conditions for one to conduct undisturbed and focused worship of God. Thus, in addition to ensuring justice in our civil relations, civil authority can regulate the Sabbath day, for example, to remove those daily cares and concerns that distract us from Sunday worship. Though often defined by its abuse, cultural Christianity is vital to Christian nationalism. While civil law is an explicit ordering of society, Cultural Christianity operates implicitly by establishing in us a positive prejudicial regard for the gospel. It cannot bring us to faith, but it makes the truths of the faith plausible to us. Cultural Christianity also contributes to a more orderly high-trust society, since everyone has a mutual expectation of Christian conduct. Thus, we have an explicit ordering of civil law and an implicit ordering by social custom. Together these compose the sort of thing Christian nationalism is what I call a totality of national action. This is a fancy way of saying that all things that a Christian nation would expect of us, both in law and custom, and no matter how mundane, are for the good of the whole.
0: Alrighty, so certainly uh, it was good to hear uh, Christian nationalism from a person who who believes in it, and uh, I think he laid his his point out uh, fairly well. Now those against Christian nationalism point to the founding of the United States of America as one brought about by men, Of different faiths and beliefs. They were not all Christians. Uh, They do agree that Christian principles did influence the founding documents and founding fathers. However, they disagree that the US of A was founded to be a distinctly Christian nation. They point to the original premises of freedom of all kinds of beliefs, not just Christianity. They also strongly emphasize that the church's main goal is not political, but is rather the spread of the gospel and the making of disciples. I found Paul Basden's explanation of the Christian, the Christian nationalism uh, story, or uh, of Christian nationalism using two stories, uh, very helpful. So let's check
1: out this short video here. Today I want to talk to you about Christian nationalism. Now you may never have heard of that phrase before, or you may have, Uh, but it's a pretty new term, and I want to explain it by means of a narrative. I want to tell you two stories, and I want to ask you to think with me about which one is true. And when I say true, I mean what actually corresponds to the facts? What actually is accurate in terms of reality? Now, both of these stories I'm gonna tell you are about the country that I love. If you're an American, you love this country as well. So here we go, story number one. In story number one, America is and always has been a Christian nation. We know this because the founders were devoted Christians. Therefore, God has uniquely favored America. Why would God not favor a country that began on Christian roots and actually was Christian. In this nation, a government has a purpose and it is to pass laws that benefit, of course, all people, but especially Christians and churches. And in this first story, the church also has a role. It is to remind America that it's Christian and to return it to its Christian roots. All right, story two. America is and always has been a religiously neutral nation. We know this because the founders are a mixed bag in terms of their religious conviction. There were some devoted Christians. You no doubt have heard of the Puritans and the pilgrims that came to our country back in the early 1600s. But remember, not all the people that came and settled our country from England were Puritans and pilgrims, and some of those who were were devoted Christians, and some of those just simply were religious in name only. So our country actually, in story two, has a mixed bag on the founding fathers. God, in this view, has blessed America richly. Who could deny it? But he also longs to bless all nations. In this view, the government's purpose is to pass laws that benefit not specifically Christians, but simply the common good. And finally, the purpose of the church is to influence Americans by speaking the truth and living in love.
0: All righty. So hopefully this has helped define the term Christian nationalism along with presenting both sides of the argument. I'm going to turn it over to Kenny to take us the next step.
7: All right, thank you Matt. Um you know, so I looked into I started looking into associations with Christian nationalism and this is a very new topic for me as well. Um and as I started looking into it, I was watching some videos, I actually watched a, a 40-minute video from um uh not uh, Avadi. is a Avadi um anyways, that the evangelist um uh, it and Vody it was yeah. Vodi. yeah, I'm sorry, Vodi Bachum, yeah. And I, I gotta watch more of his stuff because every time he talks, it's just he's incredible. But um, but but the more I listen to it, the the more convoluted it got, to be honest with you. It has a lot of um isms start coming out of it, and then it's like, well, um I'm, I'm a Christian nationalist in some some ways, but it depends upon how you define it. And that's I think we've already talked about that a little bit. How do you define it? Um, so but anyways, going into some associations, you know what I gleaned out of this is that this is a right now a political it's, it's more of a political term than anything is that, and it's being used to further divide this nation and people against people. Um, and, and the reason I say that is because they're, they're associating a lot with a Christian nationalism with like the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Um, So again, many Christians and many people would say that was a very good thing, but now we're going to make that association. So everybody that's on the other side is immediately turned turned against the idea of Christian nationalism. Um, you know, they say that these people, they, you know, we want to end abortion, we want to send gay people back into the closet. And, you know, again, from a biblical perspective, well, sort of. I mean, it's we don't we don't want these people to feel bad for who for who they are. I mean, we we want to convert them to Christ, but But the fact that it's, you know, it's so in the open and so well accepted. Well, yeah, Christian nationalism, that would make sense that we would we would want to push that stuff back to where it was years ago. Um, But therefore, again, it's a negative connotation. there's the January 6th is is uh, looked at as a Christian nationalist event. You know, Trumpism. You know, (laughs) I saw that thing. Um, There's this National Association of Christian lawmakers. They are. Um, it's led by this, uh, this Texas legislator, Brian Hughes. Um, and again, they just, it's all, they're all responsible for this. And so again, all I say when, when I say this again, I am, I'm just at the very tip of the surface. Like I don't even know where to go and where to dive into this. Um, I did read one other thing that says many who label themselves as nationalists, um, would oppose separation of church and state. And, and maybe that's a question I have for you guys is I was thinking about the separation of church and state. I'm like, well, yeah, they're against it. And that makes sense why they're against it. Like, should there be separation of church and state? Like, should we be two separate entities? And why are we? Is it because the government doesn't want, they don't want the church actually involved in, you know, in government. So, but, but that is another thing that, yeah, if you're a Christian nationalist, you're supposedly against the uh, separation of the church and state so there's a few associations that i found um again all to me seems like a political divide uh and um <clears throat> i'll turn that over to don then don if you got any ideas on that or some some other things that you learned i'll give uh the floor is yours
4: <laughs> oh boy so yeah katie I, I i like what you had to say about the uh the the idea of it being uh, a way to divide and i think that that is the case when we hear the term Christian nationalism. Um, For one nationalism, I think just taking nationalism on its own merit, trying to define nationalism, I think is in some ways it's a political, uh, I think it's a political ideology. And when I I look up the term nationalism I come up with for example in the dictionary uh oxford dictionary it says that i nationalism is an identification with one's own nation and support for its interests especially to the exclusion or detriment of the interests of other nations so if i'm putting the word christian in front of the word nationalism well to me that's an oxymoron hmm. because now i am saying I'm a Christian. First and foremost, I identify with Christ alone. And then I have nationalism. Well, I identify with my own country. Well, those two can't coexist in my mind. It's either one or the other. And I don't hear much about um, when this term started coming about a couple of years ago. It was like uh, 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 Vodivacum. I heard some of his stuff, too, in, about this. And it is a... Uh, a slam against christians i think it it depends on but it also depends on the on the definition of how you you know define christian nationalism who's who's defining it It typically if someone's asking you it uh, typically you know you could probably count on that that it's a negative connotation for a christian and when I hear the word Christian nationalism, I think of it as a net of negative connotation. And therefore, I think of it as a way to divide us in a way for us to to uh, put a label on somebody that, uh, uh, that adheres to the Christian Judeo values that our nation was founded on. And I think that... Uh, just like what the W, uh, or the World Economic Forum is meeting now, one of their main expressed goals—it's written on their website—it's right there for everybody to see. Their goal is to destroy Western uh, Judeo-Christian values, and so when I hear the word Christian nationalism, I think it is a divisive term that is meant to uh, label label somebody to 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 put them on a list someday and and lock them away.
2: Well, Don, I'm, I'm going to take, I'm going to take this a step further. And I will say this, that the younger generation uh, as Kamala loves this younger generation, right? So the younger generation is absolutely desperate to be loyal to something. They want to be loyal to something and something that is very attractive in some respects is this, this phenomenon. And so there are young people who are jumping on this in the name of Christ and saying, yeah, I, I want to be a, a Christian nationalist. And they're getting involved in all kinds of what, what has already gone on in, in many respects. I mean, I think, Kenny, you, you mentioned Roe v. Wade and some other things. And so this these become very highly political type rallies and other things that are part of that. And they're out in front of people and very expressive and street preaching and all this other type of thing. And as a young person, because they're, they're, you know, coming up to very, very, um, very distinct opposition. And I mean, in your face, and, and I mean, we're talking about, you know, police are involved and there's, there's all kinds of, you know, things that happen in these types of settings that somehow that has equated them or equaled them or given them like i have done something great for christ when when maybe not, nothing for christ at all has been done except more divided more conflict and and we we've mentioned that so i'm concerned about this with maybe another little confusing thing for young people to get trapped into to say uh, this is what I'm doing. This is what I associate with, and this is who I am now. And and really get involved in some things that might be good, you know, might might be acceptable, and maybe politically what I would even what would, would even you know be a part of. But um, at the expense of what? I mean, what are what are we giving up? So, I, I interestingly enough, it's not just political um, leaders who are dealing with this. They're uh, you know, we even mentioned, you know, uh, heads of uh, universities or or seminaries are involved with these things, and that has that has caused a a, a divide and and an exit in some cases um, from from institutions because of this very thing. It's not something that's slowing down. I think I, I I honestly believe that we have to be very careful with where where this goes, and and really. Um, as we're trying to do, educate ourselves into into what's going on. Don, I appreciate your comments. I think those are very wise, and and we do find our identity in Christ, um, and that's that's I think really where it, it lands. So, just my thoughts there, um, Ryan. Yeah, thanks uh, for those thoughts, guys, and thanks Matt
3: for those videos. Uh, I actually came across one of those as I was trying to dig deeper into the study myself, and. I think the two that you shared, Matt, both are coming from a Christian perspective, right? So we've got Christians who stand on one side of the issue and Christians who stand on the other side of the issue. And some of you have alluded to this. We've got those who are not Christians who are trying to use this term to pin pin us in, pigeonhole us in a sense, because they're making this case like, all right, you all are probably Trump supporters you're all tied to January 6th because what does Trump always say? America first, right? Uh, so that's a very nationalistic statement in and of itself. Um, but I I wanted to just see, how do we think about this biblically? And I think that's what all of us strive to do. I, I hope we all strive to do this with whatever topic comes our way. Um, so just, just a few points about does the Bible deal with Christian nationalism? As you might suspect, uh, this phrase is not found in the Bible. All right, so Christian nationalism—it's probably three or four years old, it's starting to come around. Maybe January 6 was the launch point of this phrase—a term of derision used. And yet, as Matt shared, there are Christians who stand with this phrase, and they really want to pursue it. Another key Christian figure is a guy out in Idaho named Doug Wilson. He—he uh, he is. Uh, largely into this movement because he wants to see um, a unification, I would say, of Christianity and government. And where he mm-hmm. is in Moscow, Idaho, you, you see a lot of that. It's it's interesting. I'd like to go visit it to get a firsthand uh, feel for myself um but but these two terms though if we break them up the bible as you know we see the term christian for the first time in acts acts 11:26 the, the uh disciples were first called christians at antioch probably a term of derision back then too right mm-hmm. you you all are a bunch of little christs you're, you're christians uh the idea of nationalism Uh, You see that forming in Genesis. When God is working with Abraham early in Genesis 12, he's letting him know you're going to be the father of this nation one day. Interestingly enough, the chapter before that, what do we have? We have the Tower of Babel, right? And all of these different languages Uh, get spread across the the population, and we start seeing, I think, a little bit of division. So I would say God is a God of nations. Uh, He he designed that in Genesis 11 with the separation. And then, of course, he ordains Abraham as the chosen father of what would become uh, the chosen nation of Israel in God's plan. Uh, Evident throughout the Old Testament and even today, we think about a nation, we think about maybe some borders, some common language and common culture. And in this case, in this discussion, we're thinking mainly about faith, the, the faith element of the culture. But as Christians, how do we think about our relationship to the government? I remember several podcasts ago, I talked about, um, I think I talked about Romans 13 and, and how are we viewing the government? Because that has been a big issue ever since we started the podcast. We've had some turbulent times with the pandemic uh, change in our president. So we've we've been thinking about this issue quite a bit. Uh, but just just a few verses to remind us about our role with the government. Matthew 22, Jesus talks about rendering to Caesar those things that are Caesar's. There There is a divinely appointed realm, if you will, uh, called the government. And we have a responsibility to them. Romans 13 goes further. And it says you need to be subject to these governmental authorities. All right. So you know we're we're trying to figure out the balance here between being a Christian and nationalism, and where do we draw that line. But remember, don't forget about the uh, the the proviso in in acts five twenty nine There is a point to which we lose that um, homage, that respect, that loyalty to the government when it goes in contrast to what God has clearly commanded, right? We ought to obey God rather than man. Uh, the apostles echoed that in acts 5 29 and remember we are to be salt and light of the earth matthew 5 tells us that in proverbs fourteen thirty four, a verse i love and i wish we could proclaim as the verse for our nation uh, righteousness exalts a nation and i'm guessing all of you guys and maybe all of our listeners wouldn't we love to see a nation whose laws and the way our culture lives out truly does lift up righteousness and and it's looking to be a righteous name i think we all strive for that i i pray for it i do uh but i also pray for mercy because i know we're closer to the other end of the righteousness uh battle unfortunately so i think what it comes down to for me as i think about these biblical thoughts around this idea of christian nationalism is just getting down to it and some of you alluded to this a little bit is, is this wearing the label of a Christian nationalist? I don't know about you guys, but I think labels for the most part in the New Testament are not encouraged. And I think about 1 Corinthians 1 and Paul's writing and, and he's chiding that church, which had a lot to be chided for. But he said, some of you are saying you're of Paul or you're of Apollos. And we see that in our day, don't we? Uh, we, we've got people saying i'm a I'm a dispensationalist. I'm a King James only. i'm I'm reformed, I've got a sweet beard and I smoke a marvelous pipe. You know, whatever the trends may be and whatever titles we we want to claim, I, I don't think that's necessarily biblical, but but what are some proper titles we should cling to? I would argue a couple are we need to be faithful, right? First Corinthians four two. Moreover, it is required uh, that a steward be found faithful. And I remember there's a pastor uh, of one of our buddies, Ethan. He used to be a pastor of Ethan's church out in Montana. Then he went out east. And I liked how he used to refer to people. He used to call them soldiers. Hey, that's a good New Testament term to be called, isn't it? Hey, you're a soldier. So I think if we maybe focus less on labels and focus more on, as was mentioned earlier in the podcast from Brother Greer, the gospel let's, let's focus on the gospel and maybe less on labels. I think we'll be better off this um, in this lifetime. And remember Philippians three, I'll close on this is um, our citizenship is in heaven. And Don, you were, you were barking up that tree a little while ago, but that's, that's exactly right. Ultimately, if we're a Christian, it's a nice place to be. We're sojourners. We're, we're pilgrims here in the United States, and we've got responsibilities to our government, but let's remember ultimately where our citizenship lies, and that is that is in heaven. So um, I just wanted to maybe share some biblical ideas connected to uh, Christian nationalism and uh, I, I've enjoyed digging into it because it it has been controversial. We've got Christians battling Christians. We've got people in the government claiming Christian nationalism and you look at their lives and like, yeah, I don't know if uh, you're really a Christian though. So I, I'm not sure what you're claiming, uh, but kind of a, kind of a fun topic and we'll see how this plays out. Uh, I don't know if any of you guys have anything else to weigh in here or not, but um, we can wrap up if not.
0: Yeah. Let us know uh, what, what your thoughts are on Christian nationalism, uh, either for or against, and, um yeah i think the again closing with the biblical thoughts ryan was spot on and uh, give us gives us good uh, ground to think about it so all right so trying to move from uh move over to the feud where we're going to battle each other speaking of christian militant nationalism going to be going at well, it.
7: <laughs> speaking of labels um i got a i got a phone call from our buddy mr harvey and uh I'm infringing on some copyright uh Copyright issues here, so we gotta really. We gotta change. (laughs) (laughs) No, but we are gonna change the name to the friendly, the friendly feud. Uh, Who's who's, 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 who's Mr. Harvey? uh, Are you talking Paul
8: Harvey? No, Steve Harvey. Harvey. Steve Steve Harvey.
7: Harvey. Steve Harvey. Okay. (laughs) So so we are gonna play a rousing game of the friendly feud here. Uh, We are gonna start with last last episode champion who is matt uh, Matt was first with 104 ryan second was 72 don uh don came in third we won't mention the scores of these two but don and jeremy so i'll uh, go matt ryan don jeremy we're going to do two two bible related questions and then two uh you know hodgepodge related questions so All right. matthew yeah. the first question name there's top six answers on the board Name a famous couple from the Bible. Wow. Adam and Eve. Adam and Eve is the number two answer worth 25. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's pretty good. It's a good start though.
5: Yeah.
7: (laughs) Uh, I'll go with
0: Ananias and Sapphira. It's got to be like five or six.
7: I mean, that's just a terrible answer it's not on the board <laughs>
5: oh, ryan i'm
7: trying to help you out here i mean just I you, got you have a terrible answer this is a hundred people surveyed and you think that anna and iris and sapphire that's gonna yeah. come that's like at the tip of their mind
0: and come only 51 f- on. of them are christians right Ryan? <laughs> so you got to think about that 51 like, I thought Ananias and Sapphira too, and then I completely dismissed it because I said, What fool would say Ananias and Sapphira for a legitimate exactly. shot at points? Yeah.
3: Not I, this I, cat. I I, I am now all for Christian nationalism if we can't even have
7: that couple in this response set. So <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. Don, number one answer is available for you. Uh I'm gonna go with
4: Mary and Joseph.
7: Uh, Don, that is the number one answer. Worth <laughs> number
4: oh man,
7: time. you're a pretty that... popular couple in the Bible, I'd say. <phone rings> Jeremy, what do you got? Uh, let's go, Abraham and Sarah. Ah, that is the number three answer for 14 points. All right, well, most of you well done on the first, uh, first try. Uh, Matt, what do you got? There's three answers left. Shoot,
0: ah, oh, man, couples. Gosh, um, Jacob and Rachel,
7: Jacob and Rachel, Matt. That is the number five answer, worth seven additional points. All right, Ryan, nice. a chance to redeem yourself. The number four and the number six answers are left Moses and Zipporah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Hold on, Kenny. I got this, I got this. <laughs> <laughs>
7: Okay, Ryan, probably 3% of people remember
2: who Moses' wife was.
5: <laughs>
2: <laughs> well played, though. Well played.
5: It was,
7: it's a good answer. You are showing your biblical wisdom. So, you know, you do yeah. get, there's no bonus points for it, but you get props. So, Don, two answers left. Um,
4: oh, was it, was it? Boaz and Ruth.
5: Oh,
7: that's a good one. I didn't think that. Of that one. is that is a couple of the Bible, and that is actually on the board number that's six for three so points.
4: Nice. That is wow.
7: that's impressive.
2: That is very impressive. <laughs> Jeremy, there's anybody one couple else. left. I'm done. All right. I gotta I gotta go with Lot and his wife. Unnamed. <laughs> <laughs> Lot and the uh, pillar of salt. Yeah. <laughs> it's like uh,
7: pillar of salt. That is a that is not on the board. So oh, what I got
2: You guys, you guys. I'm just trying to think or... of like biblical stories that people would remember. No, you know, I got it. General.
3: Ahab and Ahab and Jezebel.
2: Uh, no, could no, I'd be, no. It'd
0: be oh. Abraham. We already said that one, right? Abraham yeah, and Sarah. Yeah, Abraham and one. Sarah. Yeah.
4: David and Bathsheba. Uh, no. <laughs> that's a good one, right? I think that's
0: That yeah, is a good
4: one. one. Jacob Was and it, Rebecca. When...
0: No, Isaac uh, and Rebecca,
4: right?
0: No. There you go.
7: That was the one you missed. Isaac and Rebecca was the number four answer, thirteen. So not bad, not too bad. Um, Okay. Don's in the lead with thirty-seven. Matt thirty-two. Jeremy fourteen, and uh, and Ryan's here. (laughs) (laughs) Ryan, Ryan, if you get skunked on this one, you do need to turn in your degree. By the way, I did. I, I leveled down the questions, like I said, or at least this question, like I said I was going to last episode. And you get to start. The question is Name a book of the Bible that starts with the letter J.
0: I'll go with uh, James. Oh my gosh. That's like got to be four.
7: Hey. <laughs> There is. The top eight answers are on the board, and it's not the number four. That's actually the number seven answer, but it is worth <laughs> the so What a worst pick. Hey, <laughs> hey you're Jeez. off the schneid, right? You're off the schneid. That's,
5: you know. Done. That's
7: just terrible.
0: Hey, <laughs> it's a
7: good book. It's a good book. I'm on the board, Slappy. I'm happy. <laughs> <laughs>
4: all right so i'm I'm up i'm up right yeah don you're up all right i'm gonna go (laughs) number one would be probably i'm gonna say uh, i'm gonna go john john Uh, is number
7: two 17 points really yeah Yeah, i would have thought that'd be number one as well but yeah that's that's the number two answer so jeremy a chance to uh
2: to make a move here I'm, well, I'm, between, I'm between two I'm just trying to think I'm just going to go with Joshua Joshua, it, again
7: they're, they're all good answers, right? That is the number five answer uh, worth ten points Alright, Matt the wow. number one answer is
0: there for the taking. I'm between two of them too, I'm trying to think what would secular people say I'm going to go with uh, I'm going to go with the long shot I'm going to go with Jonah
7: uh, mm. Jonah is on the board, but it's only... That is the number six answer for... Whoa. Points. Whoa. Wow. Yep. Oh,
0: Wow. Tried to think like a secularist, and I get goodness. slapped. <laughs> yeah. All
7: right, Ryan. Another chance at redemption. Oh. So, real uh, quick, for everybody. Uh, John, Joshua, Jonah, and James are off the board.
3: Okay. All right. I think I got, I think I got it. I'm going
7: to go with... Jo- Joshua. <laughs> I literally just read the answers and that is already on the board.
2: Really? <laughs> well played. I think I'm going to go with Jezekiah.
5: Oh, no. <laughs>
0: I have I have never seen Ryan in a competition be as inept as you are at, at, at the feud. Or what do we call this? Friendly feud? Do you, do you check you, your brain at the you, door before we start the competition? What, who, who what said are you it? thinking? Who said Joshua? I couldn't remember
4: Don did. No, Jeremy Don said did. it? Don Jeremy said said it? I okay, Jeremy, okay but, Jeremy. But, but Kenny yeah.
5: just said it. Hey, I, he just just, repeated, I, I, I just I, helped maybe, you guys out. I know. His Thank time's you. up.
0: His time's up. Yeah. Time's next over. It can't be over. I, <laughs> you you it can't somebody be over.
5: No,
4: said somebody that already said an it's it. Answer. It's been it's over gone. 10
0: times.
3: No, no. but if, if the board was in front of me,
7: I wouldn't have said it. The
4: I'll board is Jeremiah. In, front of, it's, it's Jeremiah. in front of all of us. <laughs>
7: <laughs> the crying prophet. So here's what I'm going to say. I believe in the real game. I do believe they let the persons give have another chance, even if they repeat what's on the board. I do believe that's the truth. Amen. So, Amen. because we were all yapping, Ryan, what was that answer? Jeremiah. All right. You just had the biggest bone thrown to you of all time. And Seriously. Yeah, it's that was the one. That's the number one answer for 23. That was so ridiculous. So That's
0: ridiculous. the one. I, yeah, I was going to say that one, and then I'm like, no. Who yeah. knows Jeremiah? They know the big whale story. They'll go with Jonah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Just go what with your you? Doggone it. Done. Don? On the, the number three, on
7: four, and eight are on the board still.
0: And there's uh, that many
4: J books, huh? Jeez. Well, uh, this is if this is the second, I'm gonna go Jude. Oh, that's a good one. Short, shorty, but a
0: goody. It is a good, it's, it's a good hey, book, but
7: that is that is the number eight answer. Uh, with, wow. Jude. So Jeremy and Matt have a shot at the number three and four answers. And Jeremy, you get the first shot at this. Uh judges. Judges is on the board. That is the number four answer. Oh my goodness! What? And yeah, yeah, exactly. Matt, you get the last shot.
0: I mean, the only the only ones I can think of is like the 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 John epistles, first, second, and third John.
3: Do it. Go for it. I don't
0: know if those are the Johns. That's all I can think of. I can't. Yeah, think. that sure is it. giant X. Die, okay. got
7: it. You guys miss. Who's got it? You guys I miss. Do. Joel, Joel, Joel,
0: Job, go ahead. Go ahead. Job.
7: There you go. Job it was that's Job. It. Job is the big one. Joel was not on the board. There was more. Oh my goodness. Was yeah, Job great. number three? Joel was number three at sixteen.
2: Yep. Wow. Man, I had that, that written hurt. down, but I just didn't think anybody would. Yeah. How do uh, secular know that one?
4: Yeah, we all got jobbed by Job. I love it. I love it. All right, so you 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 get a job like Job Job
7: is what you get. (laughs) Job like Job. (laughs) Yeah. So Don, Don with a semi-commanding lead, kind of fifty-seven, Matt thirty-eight, Jeremy thirty-five, Ryan twenty-seven. I would say it is definitely anybody's game. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Here we go, Don. You get this one. Oh shoot, I I hate going first. Yeah, well, (laughs) it it can be a curse. It can be a blessing. Just, Uh, just, all right. Here you go. This is something we all can relate to. So, some something a child, excuse me, something a child would never do if they weren't forced to do it. Forced to do it.
4: What? what kind of
5: question yeah, is this? Yeah, good
4: question. This is a what good one. A child would never do what? It, something. I'm sorry. What was the question? A child would never oh. do, but would be forced to do it.
7: Something they would never do
4: if they weren't forced to do it.
7: Okay. Uh, eat their <laughs> vegetables. Amen. All right, Don. Oof, the buzzer almost ran out on you, but you got the number two answer just right. in time. Wow. 18 points. Eat the veggies for 18. Wow. Jeremy, what do you got?
2: Go to school.
7: That know. is the number three answer, which is what homework.
2: That's not number one.
7: That's not? No, I'm about, I to,
0: got, give, I got I'm about to give one. you number one. No, I oh, got man. number
7: one. So that was no, 17 have... points for you, Jer, by the way. Matt, you're good. give us number one.
0: <laughs> Brush your teeth.
7: Nope. That is the number one answer. Oh, oh, yeah. oh. Let's go. Are you serious? Well, you know, Matt's had 56 children. He knows. I mean, they all... <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs>
0: should true. be 56 points for that. <laughs> it's
7: 27 points for that one, Matt. Yeah. Ooh, Don's still on the lead here. 75 to 65. Jerry 52. But um, Ryan... They That's took terrible. not three answers from you, man. That's terrible. How many total answers are there? Six total answers on this one.
4: Oh,
3: I needed to catch up with some points here. Is there one more question after this, or is this a- there yes. is
7: there yes. is? Why don't you quit stalling and give an answer?
3: <laughs> well, my answer's <laughs>
7: been the same since you asked the question. That's clean the room. That is uh, that is the number six answer worth ten points.
0: Nice. <laughs> Way to get the bring up the dregs of the competition, nice. <laughs> All
7: right, number four and five answers are left. And Don, right. what do you got? Um,
4: boy, I, everything is always the food, but I can't think of it. I want to say eat Ooh. dessert. Uh, uh,
7: I don't know, and I got nothing. Don got runs nothing. out of time, yeah. it's a <laughs> It's a tough, yeah. Jeremy, what do you got? Now I'm gonna say uh, practice instruments. Mm. Uh, no, it's not on the board. It's a it's a good answer though. That's actually a good answer, but it's not on the board. It's not what the people. It's not what the people think.
0: Hmm. Matt, oh boy, I'm between two. Am I the last one?
7: No. Or, okay, Mine, so I, I get it. you.
0: Okay, I'm gonna say chores.
7: Uh I, that that uh, clean your room and chore that was the same thing yeah so you you get one more shot oh
0: oh somebody already picked it. okay yeah, that's already then i'm gonna then i'm gonna say like take a bath take a shower like clean up after has yeah. got to be pretty Matt, up there.
7: that is the number four answer worth 11 points wow
0: what Whoa. up hd 11 i just
9: got 11 <laughs> <laughs>
7: whoop, whoop, whoop. all right ryan last last opportunity there's one answer on the board how
3: about this one Uh, use manners like please and thank you.
7: That is not on the board. That is a skunk. So (laughs) the one you missed, this is the most, this is probably the most obvious one, but go to bed. Okay. Oh yeah. It's one of the most obvious ones for sure. But again, yeah, it's, it's uh, (sighs) it's true in my house. It's like, it's like (laughs) 1230s. Can't even survive. She's like, I'm not tired. I'm like, um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so so here guys we got a pretty good battle bro in here um matt took the lead 76 points don 75 points wow Ooh. jeremy 52 and ryan 37 this one is going to be interesting this so here we go this one i actually did for ryan i was assuming ryan was actually last so i was ryan was going to get to go first on this one but then ryan was actually in second so yeah, it didn't work out. So, Jeremy, you get to go first on this one, and the question is: the top six answers on the board. Name a baseball movie, a baseball themed movie.
2: I don't watch any movies. Um, oh, baseball themed <laughs> movie! Ryan's mm-hmm.
7: loving it already. Just gave him the fist pump. He's he's cheering for your demise.
2: Yeah, I I can I I know one. I don't I don't know the name of it, but it's uh, it's the where, the where the women women had the league. I have no idea what the name of the movie is. I I'm gonna be. What is it? You get the minute. Don't well, don't know. Do not
0: have one. Is it, if he's close, you got to give it to him.
7: So I because he's in last place. Oh no, he's not right. No, he's not in last place. He's Not in no, line, he is close, though. I'm actually giving Jeremy, I'm gonna give I'm gonna throw you a bone on this one because you do you guys know the movie he's talking about?
5: Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah I don't know the title times. of it.
7: They're all gonna say it now. I'm gonna I'm gonna give it to Jeremy A League of Their Own.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Number what number answer was that's the that? number three answer
7: for 14 points. Ooh. So it's okay it's not, not a deal breaker at this point, but uh we're we're not gonna be so nice the next time so. It's yeah, well, the only one I know, so maybe my memory will be jogged. You'll know the rest of these, but yeah, it's but it's probably bad. Anyways, um Matt, what do you got?
0: Field oh. of Dreams. Uh, yes,
7: uh, that is the number one on me.
0: answer.
4: Uh, it! Oh no,
7: Might get his title again. You guys,
0: what are you doing? How many points? That was thirty-three points. Number Over one. a hundy, three digits. Oh, uh, Ryan. I think I might have tripled him up. Yeah, could Ryan. Get a, could, Ryan, could get just, a tally just so you
7: guys know, you guys, me, you might not want to give the number two answer so that Don has a shot of maybe. That's true. That's right. right. Know. That's a good call. So.
3: I, th- I think I'm going to go with that because I don't like the way Matt's acting right now. So I'm
7: going to skip what
3: <laughs> I was going to say, and I'm going to give you another answer.
7: I'm going to go with Moneyball. But, that's actually I figured what you were gonna do was actually go with like, you know, your second one would be the number two, but that actually was the number six answer. So your strategy was very good.
5: Nice.
7: Uh eight, eight points. Take number six answer. Don, we need you.
4: Don, what do you got? Well, I'm trying to uh I'm gonna go major league. Yeah,
0: that's got
4: to
7: be that is on the board, but it's actually the number four answer. What? No points. And and that's uh, Major League one and two. That's all the same. So there's no 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 Major League two. Wow, that's yeah, that's
2: the one I was setting up for Don. So Jaron, did anything else come to mind? No, uh, Field of Dreams was the only one that just came to mind. Right, right before Matt said it. That's the only (laughs) one I honestly know. I've got nothing. Okay.
7: We'll give it an X
2: for Jeremy. Matt,
7: two answers left.
0: I'm going to go the 1991 Twins Braves World Series recap video because I've watched it like 8 million times. So, like, me and my brother win it it alone.
4: Okay. We knew it was one
0: in a million. It was
7: such a long shot. Oh, man. Thank
4: you for saying
7: that. Say all that. So good. I, I hate to say this, by the way. I just did the math and actually I, I don't want to just to disappoint, but Matt is the winner. Seriously? Yeah, is uh, so bad. Ryan, Ryan, You can go for the number two answer for points. Yep. Posterity. Is it, is it my turn? Yeah.
3: All right. I'm gonna go with the natural.
7: Oh, that's a good answer, but that is not on the board. Oh,
4: I was wow. going to say that I, I had that in my top five, Ryan. I, oh. I can't believe it.
5: No, Don. I just, yeah.
7: I, all
4: right. Know. I got one, though. I got,
7: no, got one. The situation, by the way, real quick. Don, if you get the number two answer, you will lose by one point.
4: <laughs> all <laughs> right. I'm going to go with two. I've got two in mind. Then I've got, can I say both of them and pick one?
7: <laughs> oh yeah, you can at this point. Yeah,
4: sure. One. Yeah. Okay, I'm gonna go. It's either it's it's either got to be Sandlot.
0: Oh yeah,
4: or that's, that's Angels it. in the Outfield. Ooh, which what do you guys think? Yeah, right, what do you think? Sandlot, Is
2: Sandlot, the the kid movie. yeah, yeah. The, the
4: kid yeah. I'm gonna go Sandlot.
2: Guys, yeah, this is unbelievable because those
7: are both phenomenal answers, and neither one of those are on the board.
2: <laughs> what?
7: Good.
3: Don's <laughs> going to start
7: boycotting this game with me. Well,
4: I can't <laughs> wait to hear what these. Uh, so, yeah, so,
7: uh, I that that's incredible. So the number two answer, Bull Durham. Bull Durham. Oh, you remember that one? Yeah. yeah that no, clearly. not really. I
5: don't. know. Yeah. I don't that really. That was
7: a famous one, and then this is this is a pretty famous one too. Forty-two.
0: Oh, Jackie Robinson. Yeah, I that wasn't that
7: yet. Yeah, that's oh, pretty good. It,
0: yeah, it's pretty good. It's really good. So Matt,
7: oh my goodness, I gotta figure out a way. You know what? I could rig this by adjusting the points, but I don't know. <laughs> you know, in during the game, I'd be like, Don, yeah, that's worth 87 points. <laughs>
0: that's true. And second oh, cousin to KJP and Kamala
5: and his math skills. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs>
0: What are
7: people serving. Ryan, well, you got
5: the second. Ryan gets the second answer, and he got two
2: points.
7: That's
5: awesome. <laughs> right,
4: for the good, right? I think I think this would be a great opportunity for the good of the whole. For fa- for friendly feud nationalism, go ahead, Kenny, and adjust the scores to to make it. To make it uh, oh,
0: you yeah. want you want to do it now for this one, Don. <laughs> just retroactive well that's no I if i
7: do it if i do it it would be done without any of you guys knowing it and i would tell you like two years later (laughs) 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 all right well matt congratulations man don you had it you had it wow swooped right in so all right well thanks gentlemen that was uh that was another fun fun round of friendly feud i think we'll turn it over to uh, i think we're turning it to jeremy mm-hmm.
2: yeah we got we got a little shape for farms update here <clears throat> have you guys been in like walmart or lowe's or home depot or any of those stores uh as of late like right after right after you know the first of the year have you walked I, into any of those stores yeah, yeah. home depot i've been in, so yeah. do you do you do any of you recognize like where the Christmas stuff is? All of a sudden, there's just bin after bin after bin, like all the container bins, like all the storage bins. Do you ever recognize that? Like right after Christmas, they put out all the storage op- uh, solutions and and things. Do you ever notice that? Yeah. And then what comes right after that, they clear that out, and then they put all the grilling stuff back out and all the kind of summer stuff and spring stuff. So kind of goes through these little little you know segments going into spring going into Easter but the good news is that we have passed the darkest days of the calendar year and in December the 21st 22nd whenever that happens uh, that's behind us and we are two short months away from really seeing major major improvements in length of day Um, so with each morning daylight um, is extending and for those of us wanting to put the efforts into our gardening, uh, it's not too early to start planning what my, that might look like. So one of my rookie mistakes that I made as a first-time gardener was to wait until the end of April or sometime in that neck of the woods when all the snow is melted, it's still cold outside, you don't really want to do anything out there, but you wait till april to make your plan if you do so i'd wait till april to buy seeds and i would wait till april to do any preparation so if you're gonna do a raised bed garden or something really small just on your deck or something you know real close that might be okay because you'll be able to go to a store and you'll be able to find some of those already rooted plants and just kind of stick them in soil and, and you're good to go however if you are going to do some real planning and you're gonna you're actually going to plow some of that yard up this year to do a garden, um, it's important to start like right now. So I got three things for you uh, to think about. Number one, don't take on more than you're willing to take care of. So one of the things that I did was I was like, you know what, I'm 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 pretty sure that I can feed our whole family for the entire year just based on my garden. I um you know it's kind of like your eyes are bigger than your stomach and you just fill your plate and, you know, as a little kid, but the deal is that you have to care for that garden. You actually have to, you know, you water it, you got to weed it. You got to do all those things. And there is quite a bit of care, but it can be very, very, very rewarding. So, by, by taking care of the garden and, and not taking on too much, what I mean is don't plow up the whole backyard and plant every kind of seed that you can purchase at Lowe's or Walmart. Um, don't t- and you do need to take time to consider what you'd like to grow and just start small. Just start in a very, very small spot and you can always expand. You can always expand. Number two, if you're going to grow from seed, okay? So I've got a package of seeds here and so these are my sugar snap peas And Mm. these particular sugar snap peas, when you grow them, they take 65 days to grow to maturity and you go out there and you pick them off the vine and you just eat them right from the garden. There is nothing better that tastes uh, than those fresh veggies. And even if we did do the friendly feud where, you know, kids don't like to eat those veggies, as Don said, um, just remember growing from seed that not all seed companies are equal. They're not all the same. So if you're buying to stay away from GMO, which is genetically modified seed or or growing um, food that's not genetically modified, you need to make sure that you go to a seed company that specializes in non-GMO plants. So they harvest the seeds from the year before, and you just got to make sure you're not doing that. Now, for the most of us, we eat GMO produced plants and veggies from our grocery stores all the time you probably don't know it you probably not paying attention to it but some people really do pay attention to that and if you're going to do one of those gardens you really want to go you know score earth there and you want to you want to do it completely you know organic make sure you buy those organic seeds and not just the ones that are just you know on the rack so to speak so pay attention to that um The other thing is this, if you're like me, you might find um, an Amish farm or a country farm that specializes in their own seed and their own hybriding and their own growing. Those I find are actually the best because they take the best plant. They take the fruit from those best plants and they create the seeds and they continue that line on. It's like a purebred plant and they're non-GMOs. And so you can get some really good stuff. Generally speaking, they're the best to buy from, at least in my experience. And if you don't know what you're doing, just ask somebody with a green thumb. They'll, they'll help you. They'll, they'll, they they want to help you. Number three, learn about the nutrition value of what you're planting. If you go and plant, like, for instance, sugar snap peas, find out what's in them personally i really like spinach in my eggs and we have chickens so i get eggs and i like spinach and spinach can grow in really really cold weather and so i can grow spinach just about all year long if i keep it inside a little bit and and just make sure that it's tucked in a nice spot where it gets a little bit of sun spinach is really really rich in iron and it's got a really high vitamin c content and i know people don't like spinach and whatever but in eggs in my breakfast to me, it tastes fantastic. So learn about your nutrition. This is perhaps the most important or the most fun part of actually growing your own food. Because when you have some expertise and you actually research some of this and you're talking to somebody, yeah, I grow this because this is the nutrition I'm getting. All of a sudden, they're like, wow, you're the neighborhood gardener. I'm going to come to you with all my questions. And you know what? You can make a, a great Uh, Connection point with people around the neighborhood. So, know the facts. It gives you great motivation to keep your own work in the garden up on a daily basis. And obviously, our fruit from our local groceries are fresh, but there is nothing like picking that sugar snap pea right off the vine and eating it before it has a chance to make it inside to that refrigerator. Fresh takes on a whole new meaning when you pick your own produce and place it on the table. And I can tell you, it tastes fantastic. So, For more tips and updates, stay tuned because this spring, I am going to launch a Schaefer Farms exclusive, we're six in the mix, that will take on, starting from fresh, a little garden plot that is small enough that can fit in your backyard. And we're going to plant some some plants and some vegetables in there that you might take on uh, yourself. And we're going to do that for all of 2024. There's your pro tip from Schaefer Farms. Don,
4: oh, question for you. How, how do you know if you're buying seeds um, that are non-GMO? Does it say it on the okay. package? So,
2: so generally speaking, okay. so these are, are, if you go to Walmart right now, yep. back in where they have all the, all the grill stuff and pool stuff and all that stuff, you're going to find Bupri and it's a, it's a huge company. They are out of, I think, Pennsylvania, if I'm not mistaken but they will sell all kinds of seeds and the packaging that they have, they have, they have, um, basically created their own line of seeds. And most of the time, the stuff that doesn't say non GMO is genetically modified and, and they genetically modify it to do this, to, to do things that are beneficial, like to be drought resistant. So if you forget the water, you know, it doesn't die in a day. Um, Things like larger fruit, you know, a larger pea pot or larger peas or or something like that. So, so there are some of those that some some of those benefits that are good. And to be honest with you, I I plant a lot of um, seeds like that. I, I'm not an, I'm not an extremist where I only do non-GMO. However, there are some things that I I would like to have no genetically modified things. Um, and so. If you go to any store, they will have a section of organic non-GMO, and the labeling should be very clear. It's 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 like required from the FDA, I believe. If that is truly the case, they have to label it as such. And generally speaking, you're going to pay a lot more for the non-GMO than you are the GMOs because- the 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 um, genetically modified stuff is way more prolific. You can find it all over the place, and they want to sell that. That's their bulk market. But the non-GMO stuff is is a little bit harder to to find, and there's less of a selection. So just so you know, there's there's some of those uh, situations. But I mean, if you're growing if you're growing produce from the ground, there's probably I mean, it's not risk a real risk to you, I don't think. And if you're especially if you're just you know starting into it. Put some seeds in the ground and start to grow it and see if you can just do it. You know, I mean, there's, there's, you know, starting points here. So anyway, I hope that answers your question, Don. Anybody else with questions? Ryan. Yeah. So
3: two things. Number one, uh GMO sounds good. I got to tell you after my second booster, I felt genetically modified. Oh. So that was amazing. And then also about genetically modified stuff. I feel like the grapes over the course of my life, they've gotten bigger and sweeter.
2: I think that probably is GMO. So that's a blessing anyway. And, and you'll also notice that watermelons are now seedless and that's also genetically modifying stuff. So all of those things can, can be beneficial, but you know, some people would argue that, you know, on the, uh, you know, and the genetics of them, if they're doing that to the food and you're ingesting that, and it's also going and your cells are synthesizing that, the question is what is going on at that cellular level? Yeah. There are some people that really don't want that, some people that don't care. And quite right. frankly, the watermelon is probably going to taste about the same and the grapes are going to probably taste about the same. However, the, sides, the size and the seeds or no seeds you know with the grapes that we have um, today, um, those are, those are beneficial things and they're nice to have.
3: Yeah, I, I, I agree wholeheartedly, but anyway, my, my question for you is this, you said April is a good time to start planting. And I also, or should I also, uh, plant my grass seed in April as well, or I've heard some people say I should have done that before winter, but some say in the spring. So should I plant my grass seed in April?
2: Well, if you, if you have a place to plant grass seed and it doesn't have time to germinate and grow to about an inch, then the root of the grass will not, generally will not really transfer through the winter. It's gotta have a deep, deep root. And an inch of grass gives it a certain amount underneath that is typical of what a grass, you know, grass would need to survive the winter. I would not plant grass until probably uh, May, honestly. And and I would not plant these vegetables in April. Um, maybe you misunderstood. I'm I'm just making sure that I've got all my stuff purchased because by April everybody's cleaned out those shelves. Mm. You need to make sure you buy them now, otherwise they're going to be gone. And you can go online and buy stuff wherever. Amazon is a great place. I mean, you can go to all kinds of seed places, seed stores that that run things online, but. If you're going to just do it locally, I mean, you need to get in there like starting almost now, for sure the middle of February, that will be a huge section in uh, those department stores. So you can find them there. Generally speaking, you don't want to plant um, until after the last frost because that'll, that'll kill things. But there are some cold things like spinach, radish, um, um, lettuces, all those types of beans, they they all love cool weather so you can do a very very early garden you just have to kind of you know put put covering over it uh, make sure that the frost doesn't get it and uh, and you can take care of that um, they'll grow um, and they'll they'll start and you'll you'll have an early early harvest um, um, right away um, as early as the first two weeks of may you can have
4: produce right so are you uh? What are you doing with this uh grass? Are you uh planting it, smoking it? What's going on here? What what's the story with the grass?
0: <laughs> yeah, he's is he reformed now? So he's like, I see what, the beard coming feet? in, and you got like a cigar collection, maybe beard a little pipes, a little hash. Talk about that. <laughs> what are you doing, Devil's lettuce? What are you uh, What are you doing?
4: Growing grass.
3: I, Regular grass, man. Come on. It's just I've got some spots on my lawn that need a little touching up. I had to take down some uh play set and I've had a dog, you know, claw up some holes in my yard. So I just need to do some repairs here and there. So no, no, I've got no no nefarious
4: means with grass there, Don. Well, you know. (laughs) As a as a as a fellow Minnesotan, you know I I, I know be, we've we've, uh, we've all experienced some changes here in the state. So I was just wanted to make sure. That's true, we have. <laughs> I,
3: yeah, you're right. I, I'm not, I'm not into that. My 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 daughters have a fun time when we travel to Oklahoma. I mean, these CBD shops are just all over the place. We'll go through a town in Oklahoma, and they're just counting them out. Like, oh man, there were eight in that town. I'm like, yeah,
5: okay,
7: it's
3: cra- crazy
7: down here. So. So yeah, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna close it out here for us. But shave real quick. There was something you said towards the end, um, and I don't want you to repeat it or anything. But first off, did you script out your thing tonight, or did you? Was that mostly off the cuff?
2: Oh no, I scripted it out. I but I, I added uh, here and there, so
5: okay. it was
7: a
2: little both. Well, the reason I say that is because there was toward
7: your third thing that you said, which I can't repeat it now. It just sounded like it could be made into a jingle. Like I just all I heard was like you were talking about the pea pods and it just sounded like this could be a Schaefer Farms jingle a little local commercial all of a sudden national I'm telling you this you'll have to go back and watch yourself there was the way you were saying it was like this is like a commercial it was really it was actually pretty impressive <laughs> so, I listen.
2: I do need to go back in cuz I yeah. need I do need a jingle I have got yeah. to have an I've <laughs> got to have an intro and outro to my videos I feel so. like
7: I feel like you you have something in the making there so yeah listen to yeah, it so all just, right I am. Um, I'm going to close this out here and fix your eyes. I'm going to read a passage. Um, <clears throat> Luke twenty. I'm sorry. Luke fourteen twenty five through thirty five. So in there, and actually, before I say this, so you know, discipleship is one of the. I think over the last ten years, I think the concept of discipleship has really come. I mean, very, very uh, forward-thinking. Like this is what this is what people are trying to do, and and the reason I say that is because growing up, I never really we didn't really talk about the idea of discipling people, but through my probably the last ten to fifteen years, I've heard it a ton in churches. So it's definitely, and it's a very good concept. So um, this is um, Jesus speaking here. he goes, and there went, uh, I'm sorry, and there went great multitudes with him, and he turned and said unto them. If any man come to me and and hate not his father and mother and wife and children and brethren and sisters, yea, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And uh, whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. For which of you intending to build a tower sitteth not down first and counteth, counteth the cost, whether he have sufficient to finish it? Lest haply, after he hath laid the foundation and is not able to finish it, all that beheld it begin to mock him, saying, This man began to build and was not able to finish. Or what king going to make war against another king sitteth not down first and consulteth whether he be able uh, with 10,000 to meet him that cometh against him with 20,000? Or else, while the other is yet a great far off, he sendeth an, an ambassador and desireth conditions of peace. And yes, I'm reading King James Version. <laughs> so um, so likewise, whosoever he be of you that forsaketh not all that he hath, he cannot be my disciple. Salt is good, but if the salt has lost its favor, wherewith shall it be seasoned? It is neither fit for the land nor yet for the dunghill, but men cast it out. He that hath ears to hear, let him hear. And so I was thinking about this, and really to sum it all up, Jesus is basically saying, you know, if you're not all in, you're not in. You 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 can't, you're not a disciple. You know, so I was thinking about, and, and this is going to be pretty quick and Matt's got a video to share with us, but I was just, again, thinking about this in our reality. Um, and I talked about this, I think, several months ago about distractions and it's like, are we all in? And how do we get there? How do we actually truly get there? And what does it look like? Like, is it is it okay that we're, that we're going to church on Sunday, but then we're, we're so consumed with family and, uh, you know, and um, work during the week. And yeah, maybe we, maybe we read our Bible and we pray a little bit here and there. And is that enough? Are we, are we truly all in? So anyways, I was, as I was thinking about this, um, I remember this video that I saw about, about the, about the song, I have decided to follow Jesus. And I don't know if you guys have heard Matt or it's Ryan, I see you smiling there. I don't know if you guys have heard this story, um, but it, it reminded me of this story. And I, and Matt, I want you to just share that video um, of, of what this to me is what it means to give, to be all in.
11: Nearly 200 years ago, a revival took place in Wales, England and as a result of this revival many missionaries were called on to foreign mission fields and many of these missionaries chose as their place of service to go to North India a place that could best be described as savage these tribes were famous for a group of men known as headhunters who as a sign of greatness in their tribe would take the heads of their enemies and hang them on their walls and it was into this savage tribe that these missionaries came and obviously they were not welcomed by these tribes. But still, they, they knew they were called by God, and so they continued to share their faith. And they finally reached out to one family who accepted the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this man and his wife and two sons were so contagious about Jesus that they were beginning to lead other villagers and other people from their tribe to Jesus. And the tribal chief got wind of, of, of their faith And so he called a meeting of the tribe, and he he captured this family, and he brought them before the tribe. And he said to the man, he said, Renounce Jesus Christ as your Savior, or something bad's going to happen to you. He said, We're going to kill your children. And the man, he loved his children. He looked down at his sons, and he, he loved them, but he knew that he couldn't renounce Jesus Christ. So he said the words to this famous song. He said, I've decided to follow Jesus, no turning back no turning back and the archers pulled back their arrows and they shot dead his two sons
10: I have
11: decided
10: to follow Jesus I have decided to follow Jesus I have decided follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back.
11: And as the sons lay there before him on the ground, dead, the tribal chief said, I'm going to give you another chance. Renounce Christ or I'm going to kill your wife. And the man looked down at his sons, and he looked at his wife, whom he loved so much, his partner in life. But he knew what Scripture said, that he needed to acknowledge God, acknowledge Christ before men. And he said the second line to this famous song. He said, Though none go with me, still I will follow. No turning back, no turning back. And the archers killed his wife.
10: I will fall Though none go
11: two sons and his wife lying on the ground in front of him, the tribal chief came before him again and said, Renounce Christ or this time we'll kill you. And the man, realizing that he had nothing left in this world, looked up at heaven and said the last lines to this song. He said, The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning back, no turning back. And in anger, the tribal chief gave the order and the archers killed the man
10: the cross before me, the world behind me, the cross before me, the world. No turning back, no turning
11: back. And now with the man and his two children and his wife dead, the chief stood before this family speechless. He couldn't believe what his eyes had just seen, and he realized that through the faith of this man that this God must be real. This Jesus, who this man was willing to die for, must be real. And on the spot, the reports tell us that this chief accepted Christ as his Savior. And throughout the the following weeks and months, the rest of the tribes began to accept Christ as their Savior. All because one man and his family were willing to stand up and say, I've decided to follow Jesus. Though no one goes with me, I'm still going to follow The cross before me, the world behind me, no turning
7: back. No turning back. All right. Thanks for showing that, Matt. I mean, a little, a little somber. Um, but, but what an impressive story of of this man's faith, and it, and it's just again childlike faith, and he just wouldn't renounce Jesus Christ. So that that to me was a picture of what this, what this verse, what this uh, this chapter is seeing. And again, I, you know, I looked back. I'm gonna. Add a little bit of humor to end here, maybe, but I looked back at this again. I was looking at if any man come to me and hate not his father, like so. So, again, it it says the word hate hates his father, hates his mother, hates his wife, hates his children, hates himself. I'm like, that is, I mean, that's a pretty powerful word, right? Jesus is saying you better hate yourself and your family, otherwise, you're not my disciple. So, I was looking through, um, I was looking through some other versions. I wanted to see, like, okay, is that. You know, because I I didn't go back to the Greek or the the you know what are the Hebrew word or whatever the, um and to see what the original words have been, but but the word hate is used in most translations like that that transferred over in almost everything unless you get to the contemporary English version Interconfessional edition, um and then or the Darby edition or the Good News Bible, um so but what those did is those changed it to you know do you love love God more than your wife and your children and yourself and. My my guess is like that is really that probably is the reality of what it's seeing. Um, Of course, you have to love others. I mean, that's a a biblical principle to love others and love you know love your family. But Mm. do we love God enough to do that? And this again, that man just showed that example. So, how do we get there? How do we truly get there? I don't have the answers, but I just wanted to share that with you guys and leave you with just hopefully some things to think about that we probably all have some work to do.
0: So. That's good. Thanks, Kenny. Well, that is a wrap on Episode 69 on this, the 21st day of January, Year of Our Lord, 2024. This was Six in the Mix, talking faith, family, sports, and politics. Find our episodes on Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast content. Review us and leave a comment. Visit our Facebook page at Six in the Mix podcast. And comment on what topics you'd like us to discuss. We are also on Twitter at 6 in the Mix Pod. join us on our journey.